0: Yes. Oh, we're, in, wow. we're in the Andaman Islands, where, where are we? Over in India, my friend. <laughs> oh.
1: Well, Herbert, we always talk about going to some unbelievable places around the world. I've looked at a website. Yeah. This is, and for people out there, go to Andaman, A-N-D-A-M-A-N, Angler, Yeah. and you will not I think, um, what is it called? Uh, Tickle your tonsils Uh as much wanting to go to this place. It looks unbelievable. And joining us right now from Andamar Angler is Akshay. Is it Akshay, sorry?
2: Akshay. 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 A-K-S-H-A-Y. Akshay. Akshay. Akshay.
1: Is Akshay. Now, Akshay, thank you very much for joining us on The Anglers. Can you tell us about where you are and what you do? Your website looks unbelievable.
2: Okay, right now I am in a place called Port Blair, which is the capital of the Andaman Islands.
0: Or well, Andaman Islands. So, so are we talking like uh, yeah. closer
2: to India or closer to Thailand? It's part of India and uh, it's much, much closer oh, to Thailand.
3: Being recorded.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay and now I've uh, had I've a, a look at at what you do over there a fair bit and and I'm intrigued. you catch some monster GT popping, stick baits, uh yellowfin tuna, big barracuda, marlin, all of it. I mean and, and around volcanic islands. This is crazy sort of stuff.
2: Yes. Yeah. So the the, cha- the cha- this is a volcanic chain of uh, chain of islands so which extend from uh, Burma all the way down to indonesia so so this, this is actually like like a footpath uh, these islands and uh, we have some incredible fishing here uh, because it's volcanic by origin everything drops off really deep very fast and uh, on to between us and thailand we have the andaman sea and between us and india we have the bay of bengal it Andaman Islands were originally a British penal colony, and that's how people start. uh, That's how it got inhabited, and uh, also before that, we have uh, we had our own endemic uh, tribes here, who were the original inhabitants. So, given its distant location, it became it's a great place for fishing because commercial fishing isn't very viable from here.
1: Yeah, look, uh, I can't believe it. What got you into fishing? Were you did you grow up fishing? Did you grow up uh, around that area? Did you you know, suddenly just come across and uh went there and then thought, you know what, this is me.
2: I grew up in mainland India in a city called Bangalore, and uh, which is far far away from the sea.
0: Yeah, where yeah, right.
2: my dad started me off fishing. And uh, I used to fish freshwater in lakes and streams and eventually in a river called the Cauvery since, since I was about four or five years old. And I fished for a fish called the Marsier. You might have heard of it. It's like a big barbel and gets up to about 100 pounds. Wow.
0: 100 pounds. 100 pounds. In a river.
2: In a river, yeah. What and was a freshwater the- fish. And we liked it because it takes lures. It's a lure. I mean, it's great. You can fish for it with lures.
0: What was the biggest one you caught? I think the
2: biggest I had was about 60 pounds.
0: Wow, that's a big freshwater fish.
2: That's massive. Exactly, that's a big freshwater fish. So So, so my love for fishing started there. Yeah. And I just went on looking for bigger and bigger fish. And I came across this book, which was written by some British angler from the time when they were, uh, the British ruled India. I mean, a pre-independence book. And it had mentioned something called the Devil's Cauldron. And uh, that was of a a huge, like a boiling uh, cauldron of these fish that were attacking bait fish. And I was always intrigued about it. And I found out eventually that that was in the Andaman Islands. So one day with some buddies, I came on this fishing trip here. And uh, it was just mind-blowing. And then I just kind of never left. And I'm still here. This was uh, in 2005,
0: and right. I'm still here. Wow, well, that's awesome. I mean, and and when it is funny how you read something like that as an angler, you get very fed. It it becomes a part of you when you you read about someone's you know journey journey and, and and what they're experiencing you want to experience it too and you've gone and done that like i take my hat off to you so what um is, is have you got a a base for, for people to stay at and you charter them out is is it a week stay is it is it just day trips just tell us about what you you know what we can expect
2: Okay so what I run is a charter. I have I have a boat right now. I was I was planning to get my second boat but then covid came in the way so now I have to kind of replan my second boat which I probably will look at getting uh, in in a season or two. So I run a charter and I'm based in Port Blair. I work it's called Andaman Angler. I work with guest house uh, next to me. And a resort or hotels, I can give clients various options based on what what kind of place they'd like to stay and because I'm only a charter i can I'm free to go to different islands so I do a lot of island hopping so there's a famous island here called Havelock, which has all the touristy places, which is a kind of touristy place so yeah. someone comes with their wife, you know the wife can go can can hang out in the swimming pool while he goes fishing oh, and man. that's that's kind of a more, I wouldn't kind of luxury-based uh, kind of trip. And there's another place called the Little Andaman, which is really, really wild, full of saltwater crocodiles. And that's where we go if it's like an all-all guys trip, and they don't mind roughing it out. And that's that's the kind of fishing I do, so I can tailor-make packages based on what uh, what people do. But yeah. I specialize in fishing. I don't snorkel, I don't dive, I don't do any other, oh, any my, anything else.
0: My the kind fish. of charter. I'm not big on spearing, I'm not big on that, but when you come to, when if I was going exactly. on a charter up to the end Islands, I would definitely come with you, because that's all I want to do, is catch a fish on a rod and reel.
2: Okay. Yep. What about, um, now the other thing is, yeah, one go. last thing, the other thing is, we're really lucky here, because one of the most prolific fish, the most common fish here is the Travelli.
0: And, and we have
2: no shortage of giant trevally, And uh, so we can get them here year-round. They're kind of a resident fish. the in on the reefs. And once uh, you get to the drop-offs, we have the dog-tooth tuna, which we target on Jig. And uh, the ones that visit are the yellowfin tuna, which are in right now. Actually, this is the time. It's April, May is when... The elephant tuna run Happens.
0: Happen. It sounds like a game yeah. fisherman's dream. Yellowfin tuna, big GTs popping. So, if we're to come over, do we have to bring our own gear? Like, and I would imagine if you're catching 50 kilo GTs, you'd be up there with 10,000 Stellas and then 100 pound braid and, and whatnot. Or do you supply gear to the average angler to go out and catch one of these brutes, the, the fish of a lifetime, really, the big GT?
2: Okay, I I do hire out gear, but what I noticed is, for the serious GT fisherman, prefers to use his own gear. So I'd say eighty percent of my customers bring their own equipment. But a trend I've been noticing is a lot of people bring their own reels and hire rods from me, because of uh, post-COVID, the hassle of carrying a rod tube with international airlines, and they, I mean, they all seem yeah, to be sure. out to get us anglers. Yeah, with extra baggage charges. <clears throat> so I, so I have all the rods for anyone if they if they don't want to carry a rod tube. All they need to do is carry reels. I also have a little tackle shop, so I have all the lures and jigs and terminal tackle like split rings, swivels, treble hooks, assist cord, assist hooks, all this kind of stuff that we need, and it's all stuff that works here. So if anyone runs short I bring a box on the boat and uh, if they use anything they pay for it if they don't
1: it's fine. Beautiful. I love
2: it. Hey can sure.
1: can we chat and we are chatting to uh, andermanangler.com. have a look angler endermanangler.com have, angler. have a look at uh her website it is unbelievable. Can you explain to her I find I think your boat is the sexiest boat I've ever seen. And I never want to say sexy and boat together again, but (laughs) it's unbelievable. It's Uh, a cracking boat.
2: Yes. Okay, so I had this boat custom built, and we got it built outside Dubai, and where they built some really nice boats. And it's built for popping and jigging. It's a a 38-foot centre console. With twin 250 horsepower Yamaha four-stroke fuel-injected and outboards, uh, I have I have the Garmin 1022 uh, XSV, which is my chart plotter, and the an airma transducer, yeah. and uh, we carry we carry a VHS, We have AIS. So that uh, we can be spotted. I carry something called a DAK, which is a distress alert transponder. In case we get into any trouble, we can always press that. And, uh, of course, I have life jackets, ring boys on board, firefighting stuff, and a first aid kit, which comes with the boat. And the way the boat is built and designed, it's built in such a way that, it's, I mean, I hope this never happens, but if ever we get swamped, it'll always float. two side (laughs) stringers yeah they're completely foamed in and uh, enclosed so I have uh, limited space my hatches are just down the center but it's uh, yeah but it's a great boat and 38 foot is a good size for Typical group of four anglers coming out to fish with me.
0: That is a massive boat uh, by it's all impressive. means. I mean, forget Penthouse magazine. Give me a boat sales magazine with that on the front <laughs> and that'll be sitting in my toilet for yeah. a long time. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah. It, is a, it is a fantastic boat. But crocodiles, you know, you've, really? you've got everything to, to look at over there. One thing I want to ask you in the, where, where you stay, what is the food like yes. and, and do we get to cook our own catch? More importantly
2: do you have beer there yeah okay so so the food here is typically indian but now that we've been now that i cater to a lot of european and western clients the guest house i use and the places i use can cook like bland food or do a grill uh the place we go to in little andaman we can do a barbecue and yes i do bring a couple of fish back we normally bring a couple of fish back that we catch sometime in the afternoon, yeah. Uh, so so that they they're really fresh. And uh, is beer available? Yes, beer is available. <laughs>
3: uh,
2: sometimes the locals tend to drink uh, quite quite a strong beer.
3: So, nice. so
2: it's a strong. It tends to be a stronger beer that's available. They're not very mild.
1: No, uh, that's okay.
0: Yeah, I can handle that. I'm coming <laughs> to the yeah. Andaman Islands. Don't you worry about that. I don't mind a strong yeah. ale.
1: Uh, before we before we let you go, and we really do appreciate your time. I think, as I've mentioned it, I think it's unbelievable. The website. Uh, if, if this is out of everywhere I've chatted to around around the world, this is one place I'd sit there and go. I would dream of going somewhere like this. Yeah. As a, as a yeah you know I'm not a patent, like I love it fishing, but bucket list a bucket list End idea. of the rainbow. what do you love about it? What do you love most about it
2: well i what I love most about being out here is that I actually go out on the boat every day oh, and what a love. Uh, i yeah I like to the reason I run i mean I could be doing a lot of other things. The reason I run charter is because I love fishing, and I like to be out on the boat as much as I can. So and you know you, that's the thing about fishing is you learn something new every day. No two days are like.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's yep. dead. That's dead right. That's dead right. And what a pa- You're a passionate man with a uh, a fantastic charter operation. I mean, I can't wait to get to the Andaman Islands. Can I ask one more? If I, I'm going to
1: India in January, so I'm going over there to do a a bit of a run from uh, Port Kochi, uh, up to is yes. it Gangtok? Up to Nepal, near Nepal. How do I get from yes, Nepal. how do I get from mainland India to Andaman Islands?
2: Okay, so you need to fly into Port Blair, which is the capital, yep. and Port Blair is connected to most of the big cities in India. So from the north, say you can fly out from Delhi, you can fly here from Calcutta. You can fly from Bombay. As you come further south, we can fly from Bangalore and from Madras or Chennai. So it's a two-hour, it's a two-and-a-half-hour flight, pretty much uh, out here. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, no, I mean you don't need any additional permission or letters or anything. It's just a valid. You need, just need a valid Indian tourist visa.
1: And how long would you recommend I stay on, the, you know, that, that group of islands? Like, yeah. You know, is it a four-day trip? You'd be able to see a fair bit of it if you want. I'd like say, I, I'll, I'll, see, for me, two days fishing for me, I'd be done, where Herb could so go for a week. Well, I'd, oh,
0: fish, I'd fish for six but days. But me, don't. if
1: I if fish for two days, would you recommend have a look for a few days as well?
2: Yes, definitely. If someone's going to come this far, uh, it definitely, it definitely spends. I'd say at least five to six days. Okay. Here, okay. because That's there's so a good much stay. to see, That's and not too long. Also, the fact that we're islands, connectivity, connectivity is is still a bit of an issue. So we may have three or four ferries a day. So it's not a ferry. So connecting, you find you lose lose a lot of time connecting from one island to another.
1: Thank you very much for joining us. Oh, I find fascinating. it really fascinating. One of the greatest places you're I've ever welcome,
2: seen. I, you're welcome, mate. You're with you.
0: So you've rang up the hotline, Cherie. We want to know what your funny story yeah. is about fishing.
1: Yeah, the anglers. Oh you've rang up the anglers. Thanks for joining us, Cherie. Yeah, um, we've got
0: Cherie Everett on the line. Yeah.
1: What do you want to talk to us about fishing?
0: I, I want to know if it's true. Is your husband a good fisherman or not? He's
3: not. He's sicker. He's the worst fisherman ever, and if you want to catch fish, don't take him in your boat.
1: Okay. Well, You live in New Zealand, Sheree, right near the Coromandel, and what, you don't go fishing?
3: Yeah, we go fishing on the mussel beds. The muscle beds are the bomb. So you go out, so commercial muscle beds. You get the pitchfork, you know, that you feed your silage out with. Grab a pitchfork, go out in your boat. You tie your anchor rope to the pitchfork. You bend the fingers of the pitchfork over hook it on the top of the big drum that's the muscle bed. You know, the big, like, 44-gallon drums. They've got a hook on the top. Yeah. That so the touch goes in. You hook your um, pitchfork into that. And then, because you're not allowed to put your anchor down, you'll wreck the muscle bed. And then you just fish, and you literally get eight on the way down and eight on the way up, and you're done. You're only at it for two seconds.
0: Eight what?
3: Snap up. Big, juicy snap. They love Can- the muscle bed.
0: Come on, I've got to ask you. Now, I've I've put this out there and you're gonna see it on the on the Anglers Facebook page, so tune in to have a look. But Snapper in New Zealand don't have a big hump on their head. In Australia, we got a big hump on our we got a big hump on our snapper. Does that mean our snapper are stronger than yours?
3: No, because the hump means age. If they're really old, they get the hump. Yeah, we eat them all before they get the hump. <laughs> you
1: get snapper over ten kilos. I thought I reckon the hump was ours are dumb and just run into things.
3: <laughs> oh, that'd be the spider snapper. No, we, we do get the, we do get the ones with the hump, but they well, I've always been taught that they're the really old ones. Now,
1: like you are, you know, Coromandel is is rated one of the best places to fish, and I'll get Grant on who takes me out. He only goes eight hundred meters out from his front lawn. Yeah, and we fish in three meters of water. And we catch snapper all day long. All day. But I do have to ask you, Sheree, what are your rules on the boat? Like, you know, do you get right into it? What are the rules?
3: Yeah, so, well, my dad refuses to go fishing with me because I don't shut up. And then I make him bait my hook all the time because I don't like touching the bait. So
1: then
3: he gets, uh, he hates going fishing with me because then he gets really seasick. He's looking down, trying to cut bait and bait my hook and stuff. Then I never, then my dad hates taking me fishing. I'm annoying. I eat all the food, then I start whinging, and then I'm bored. So yeah, I'm um, no. That's the rules on our boat. Shut up, and bait your own hook.
0: Jeez, I'd hate taking your fishing too. Uh, <laughs> one thing I've got to say, but if if the fish are older when they've got a hump, that must mean all your snapper migrate over to Australia, just like the rest well, of you. <laughs> that's right. That's, what,
3: that's, that's actually true. That we just send all our old.
0: Puppers, boots, old hags over here. Yeah, right. Yeah. We get them with the lump on their head. Yeah, so we're, yeah. t- we're talking to one now. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, that's nasty, Spider. <laughs>
0: He's only saying that because there's 3,000 kilometres between you.
3: Exactly <laughs> right.
1: I'm Mr. Tough <laughs> Guy. Uh, oh, well, thank you very much for ringing the Angler's Hotline.
3: Oh, but what about, do we want to talk about when Spider gets seasick every time he goes? He gets seasick
0: in the bar. Yeah, why not? Tell us about that, Sheree.
3: Yeah, no, spider gets seasick, and it's very, very funny, and he tries to fight it. No, I'm fine, as he's, like, doing the big gulp down, and I go, no, just be sick, it'll make you feel better. Lay down, close your eyes. Like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm fine, I'm fine, and he's, like, Lrr, <laughs> Lrr, over the side of the boat.
0: <laughs> you know, I've, I've got the reasoning for this, I think. I've taken spider out a few times, never been sick, but we're always having a beer, so I no. I get the feeling that you're cutting his beer tally off before he gets out in the boat, so it, it makes him crook. Is,
3: nah, I don't know about that. No beer. I say no alcohol in a boat. That's my rule. No, But, but you I don't s- know about that. I mean, he, he has beer running through his veins. Like, he, he's, that's just his body. So I think he can go for a few <laughs> hours without a beer on a boat. But you, oh, you I remember
1: a couple of years ago you said that. So we decided, you said, oh, you've got to have your ginger tablets. So we brought the ginger beer. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, dear. Uh. Well, seasickness is a terrible problem, and you can't go to chemists to get, I don't know what they call it. No, I'll tell you what
3: you do. You don't need to do that stuff because those tablets and the chemist's crap make you feel worse. They have the most toxic things ever. Get a, you know, the little. um, Get a stubby out the Esky. No. You know the little earbuds that you put when you go to a music festival to, you know, drown out the noise a little bit, those little spongy yeah, things. Yeah. yeah. if you are right handed, you put it in your left ear. If you are left handed, you put it in your no. right ear, just one. It works. Thousand percent works. <laughs> I go out whale sharp with the whale sharks at Ningaloo Reef every year and it is pretty vicious out there sometimes. Because you And stick I a, do that. Great.
0: You stick a bud in your opposite ear to what you are yep. handed. Yes. and stop seasickness. Now, this is 100%. something. This is something the whole world needs to hear because I've never heard this.
3: Work, haven't you? No. Oh, that's a, Yep, you've got to do it because the seasickness comes from your ears being uneven and the fluid in your ears being uneven. If you put something in one of your ears, which is your weakest ear, it will equalise the ear air fluid in both ears.
1: Just, sure, just go and try it. Okay, but there's a big difference between us and you. Where you have what? fluid between
0: your ears, we've got
1: oh. brains. <laughs> oh, I
3: don't
1: know uh, about
3: that. No, right. Oh,
0: dear. Well, a wise man once said to me they cut the doodles off the dumb ones. I would never say that about you, Cherie. Let's just oh, make yeah,
3: that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm All <laughs> <old> <laughs>
0: uh, That was a really good. That, that's, that's handy to know. I want to try. I
3: didn't
0: know that. No, I didn't know that.
3: Yeah, you take you know those little lura, you get them lura, or orange yeah. and green or those Squash tiny ones. You put one up. in, here. yeah, yeah. Wow. Put one in, here. and I do that when I because I go out to those whale sharks and that. Like sometimes they are just mountainous. Like it, I'm heaving just looking at the ocean, oh. and you put one of them in, and never being sick out there.
0: Wow, that's probably the greatest tip I've ever heard from pretty much a non-fisherman. You don't get out that much, Sheree, but to to have a a system like that to fix seasickness, I mean, I'd be trying that before I had any pills... Oh, yeah, the
3: pills are horrendous.
0: Um, yeah, make you dry. Terrible, terrible things oh, to have. Yeah. Well,
3: they make me they make me go into like a coma. I took the quells once and I was like unconscious in the bottom of the boat for the rest of the day. And I felt like I had a hangover for about a week.
0: I've felt like that many a times too after Fish and Tree. <laughs> don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks very much for ringing the hotline.
1: Make sure you hit us up on all our socials and have your say, does Cherie actually have the greatest tip ever? Next week, though, we head into one of the biggest fishing comps in Australia and we chat to a guy who's decided, you know what? I don't like some of the fishing gear out there. I want some casual gear and I'm a good chef. I'm going to put some fishing gear together. And it's great gear too. We'll let you know
3: all about it next week. Stay safe on the water. Over.